I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Uh, well, not as ever because I weren't there last week, but yeah, thank you. You, you were here last week. You weren't here two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, I was Brad wasn't there last week. Brad wasn't here last week. You're not. You're not. This is going to give give it away now, Brad. That we you're not actually a third person. You're just like interchangeable, Jason. You just change your voices. We forget. Lest we forget. Okay. Yeah, we're just giving it away. Hello, John. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I was as good as I was last week. Uh, you were here last week. Uh, Brad wasn't. Brad was uh, enjoying himself in Hamburg, uh, and then decided to have an all-time week of betting when he had the week off the podcast. So, uh, you know, if you want to send some abuse, send it Brad's way. Um, it certainly can't be my fault. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we move on. But no, in all seriousness, it was um, it was almost a good week last week. Um, you know, Eddie Pepper will finish second, Taylor Pendrith in second. So that was. Uh, that was our week, um, very quickly wrapped up. I thought two different, very like varying ways of coming second. I thought Pepperell was absolutely brilliant, and Crocker just had to outlast him. Um, whereas uh, Taylor Pendriff was pretty dire, I think to be honest. Um, yeah. Was a little bit concerned that was going to happen, Brad, with Pendriff. To be honest, like I, I, he hasn't really had that much contending sort of practice. No, exactly. He hasn't really had much. Hasn't really contended really on the PGA Tour too many times. I think when was it? He was at the the Bermuda Championship was the last time, I think, was, and then he's obviously had them injury worries. So, yeah. But he's come back in great form, and yeah, he, he was bang unlucky just to bring bring it on Sunday, you know. So, and it, and it's I guess it's probably a little bit disheartening just watching Tony Finau he was doing all day anyway. Like I don't think that helps, and but it just felt like he, he wasn't even like he never got the ball to the hole. His chipping wasn't very good. Um, yeah. So just just a performance that was from a maiden, right? Whereas I thought Eddie Pepperell showed his class, um, was really really good. Crocker had to make every putt, which he hasn't done before, and this time he did. So I think he missed one way. He thought he probably should have made it. Uh, I think that was still for birdie anyway. So never really had any sort of bad moments. Uh, Jason, I don't know how much of the um, golf you watched last week, but any thoughts on those two events? Uh, well, I was watching most of the women's, to be honest with <laughs> you. The Scottish Open, um, I didn't have a lot going on in either, to be honest, yeah. uh, of the main tours. So um, I thought, well, I can't really be bothered with Rocket Mortgage. Um, so during, during the days, I, I caught up with the women's. Yeah. Um, and, and the brilliant um, Ayaka Fiorori, I believe, is roughly yep. how you say it, and a lot better than how we were saying it in December. Um, <laughs> so no, I didn't, mate. I didn't, mate. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those where you keep knocking at the door and um, eventually you get let in. Um, yeah. It's quite interesting the way it's, that's going this year. I've had quite a few of them, obviously, recently. Go back to Richie Ramsey. Um, I know he's obviously a bit more experienced than Fee now, but it's the same sort of thing. They keep. I think it's it's a case where you can probably keep going with your selections that you think are in form. Yeah. And you get you, they seem to be getting results after a few weeks. You know, Pepperell as well. People were putting him up um, at bigger prices over the last mm-hmm. month or so. Yeah. Um, obviously, as we approach the sort of link season. You know his name comes to the fore, and you know maybe that's the you know maybe that's uh, uh you know stick with them. Um, there was one point last week that I was really worried because obviously Tigala was my one and only the week before mm-hmm. um, at 3M, and um, I thought, oh my god, he's going to do something. But he, yeah, second end, round proved, he got to the top very early, didn't he? Mm, it proved not to be the case, but you know it's uh, maybe you know if they continue to be at 33, 40, 50, and you believe they're in cracking form, 
it does seem as though they're stepping over the line at some point. Um, yeah. But other than that, no, I, I didn't see. I didn't see enough there. So. No, that's fair enough. I think it's all. I mean, I certainly got to a point yesterday with the Rocket Mortgage where I had less interest in it because yeah. you know Finau was running away from it, and and I'm really happy for Tony Finau. I I'd, I'd, I'd love watching him play. I think he's a great golfer. I think this is all coming for a decent period of time, and you know it just happened to be the week that I really didn't need him to win, but. You know, mm. it, it happens. I've tried not to let um, betting kind of take over the enjoyment of golf in general, which is hard to do when you talk about it every week. But you know, it, it you know, it, I just enjoyed the fact that he's won. He's he's coming and showing his prowess now. The next step is for him to turn some of those contending uh, efforts in majors into you know a real chance to win one. But otherwise, I think uh, he's kind of proving his worth. So really good to see uh, on both tours. Really, it was good to see Pepperell uh, back in the mix as well. So. All in all, just a, a fun week of golf uh, last week. But we'll come on to this week. Uh, I think we've got a little stretch here on the DP World Tour now where you kind of get through the events. Uh, you've got you've got Wales this week, uh, Northern Ireland next week, and then the Czech Masters. They're all okay in their own right, but you then get that real strong run of kind of like uh, Wentworth, Dunhill Links, French Open, Italian Open, etc. So we've got some really exciting times coming up for the DP World Tour, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the fields that we can get. Um, and the PGA is obviously onto its final regular season stop. So without further ado, we'll go into the Kazoo Open, not to be confused with the Kazoo Classic, not to be confused with Celtic Classic. It is the Kazoo Open uh, at Celtic Manor. There you go. So somehow I managed to get my head around all of that. Um, just for Thomas Dietrich to be 16 to 1. I'm not sure if Victor Perez is out at 16 to 1, but he was there. Jordan Smith at 16 to 1. Callum Shinkwin at 22 is the biggest price, and Thorbjorn Anderson at 25. Uh, I'll stop there and come to you first, Jason, on this one. Um, first of all, I'm pretty sure Victor Perez looks like he's out. Or... He's out yeah. So yeah. he's out. Uh, were there any of those that kind of come to the fore for you? Well, you have to think, you know, Shanks has got a. Yeah, it's just terrific chance. He's only watching him time and time again. Rules yeah. up his putts. Um, in fact, there's a hell of a lot of players on here that a magnificent seat of green, which is what you need here. Yeah. Um, attacking players um, that just can't putt. Or, but one day it will happen, like we saw with, you know, Ramsey, like we've seen with Fino recently. Um, it's, you can't. It's it, it's it's purely the fact that Shinkwin is 22 to one best. Yeah. Um, so 18 and 20. That's the only reason he has to be fancy. I mean, Tita Green, he's first at the Hero, third at Hillside, 15th at the Irish Open, 10th at the Belfry, third twice at Raz. I mean, everything about him is just is just quality. Plays really well at home, plays really well at England, in England, plays really well in Wales, um, plays well in Scotland. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, he's got 16th, 10th, 2nd and 8th in various types of courses over in Scotland. Um, obviously, 16th at Hillside, um, he hit a 75 in the third round, which wouldn't have helped. 16th of Belfry, which fits here. Um, and whilst this is Parkland, um, it's interesting because the leaderboards do actually do have a lean to um, linksy type golf. Yeah. You've got Nacho, who was, um, I know, okay, he was a lucky winner, but at the end of the day, he's either first or second. But he's got Qatar form twice. Um, he's got Crans form. You've got Harding, who's obviously got Crans form. Shinkman's got Scottish Open links. Um, uh, uh, Hannah's got second at Qatar. You want to bring him up later, I think. Gary at Hassan, so Hilly links in. Then you go to Longask, who's got Scottish Open form. And, it, it you know, Campillo was top 10 last year. Uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. 2014, you can go back to. And you've got uh, Lout and Beasts, Fleetwood and Lowry. I mean, 
not Bjorn and McDowell turning up. Yeah. It, so it's a massive, although it's not Lynx, there is that form. And, and it, you mm. can put it as Parkland, you can put it as Lynxy. Shankwin's just got a chance. And it's up to you whether you think that you can take round about 20 to 1. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's perfect well summarised. I mean, I just couldn't. But 11th, 8th and 4th in his three starts, he really can't, like, look away from him. The ball striking is ridiculous. He was third at the halfway stage in his debut. Uh, he was third after round one in his second start. And he was second after 54 holes in his most recent start here. So, Brad, it's really hard to ignore a player like yeah, that in that kind yeah. of form. 100%. I echo everything you guys said. And even before the odds come out, he was the first name I wrote down on my shortlist last night. And, uh, yeah, I was a bit gutted when I saw the odds this morning. But you can kind of understand it to a certain degree because it's just everything's there. You know, he's playing really well, striking the ball well, and he's got the fourth course for him. And it is his kind of test. So, yeah, it's just a tough one to commit at 20s. That's 22 to 1. So, um, yeah, that was it, really. It's, it's really weird for me because, like, last week I went with Vitegi and, and all the kind of sentiments were exactly the same. Like, the ball striking was decent. He played one of their golf. He'd obviously won their golf course before. Uh, and I kind of went for it and took it. Um, and this time I just haven't been I haven't been able to get to Shinquin. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I just don't maybe believe in him just as much as I would have done about Ategi. Like, Ategi's won mm-hmm. three times. Shinquin's won once. And, but that you know, is it. Yeah. It, it's probably just that. Um, but I just think that the people around him and the betting, I mean, I'm going to come on to Eddie Pepperell, for me, is, is the kind of the first pick. Mm-hmm. And, I was just so impressed yesterday. Like, I mean, maybe this is just a little bit of recency bias, but he just looks back to the kind of class we expect from Eddie Pepperell. We know what the upside of him is. Uh, third and first last two weeks in approach, eighth and fifteen to green. Finished fourth in his golf course in the past, you know, a decent time mm-hmm. ago. But that was off the back of a fourth at the KLM. He's now come off the back of eleventh and second place finishes. And to me, I, I just don't, I don't see a negative for Pepperell. I mean, he, he no. seems to be in a good space mentally, Brad. He seems to be in a good space with his game. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that ball striking performance he put in yesterday was the best I've probably seen of Pepperell. I mean, his iron yeah. play was unbelievable. His putting was basically decent for the most part. He missed a couple of chances, but not not ones you'd... He never missed one that he should have made. He just, like, they're ones that if you're going to win, you're going to make, and he just didn't. Crocker did, yeah. but um, just loved everything he, I saw. He's so gracious in defeat as well, wasn't yeah. he? Uh, uh, what he said about Crocker was brilliant in his interview. Um, you know, and he's, he's, as you said, he's just... It seems like his old self, and he feel, I think he's got confidence again, you know, yeah. confidence in his ability, which is the main thing. You know, sometimes he'd go on Twitter and just uh, berate himself, and now he's going on there saying, look, actually, I'm, I'm back to my best again, you know. something. I said something along the same, along them lines, and it's just, I think that's huge for him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to like about him this week. I, I, I think he is a confidence player, and I think he is a guy. I mean, I sort of alluded to it last week that maybe he's, spoken out about Liv and then feels like he has to back it up with some decent play and it might be nothing to do with that but just all these variables that you can add in but all of that said I just think 33 to 1 when you look at Cajonan 33 to 1 when you look at um, yeah. Armitage 33 to 1 when you look at Becker 33 to 1 like, I just I just don't really get it um, yeah. I thought Crocker would be shorter I thought he'd be nearer the Shinquin price because I think he is the type of person that is capable of going back to back uh, Maybe, I, think yeah. I think his head's probably going to be a bit too sore to do it this week. Um, but I think he is more than capable. If he wants to de- dedicate himself to doing it, I think he it's can. It's hard now. to know, really. I think it's all just guesswork. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Like, I don't think. I, I think with him, it's not going to be like scared to go back to back or incapable no. of going back to back. I think it's going to be how hungover is he and how much 
effort is he going to put in Monday to Wednesday? Because he was yeah. hitting it hard on, on, on the beers last night from what I saw mm-hmm. on kind of social mm-hmm. media and stuff. So, um, you know, he's got a few days to get over that. I mean, it just depends how, how he copes with hangovers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, anyone for you, Brad, in this kind of top of the range before we get well, into kind of the 40s? I, um, no, no, no one really. Like I said, it was just that was sort of, there were Cinquin and Pepper Oil. Can't argue with either of those. Um, but then my first bet was in the in the forty range. Let's 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 get that one in. Yeah, so I went Matty Schmid, um, yeah. who actually made his professional debut at this event last year. I took him at forty-five to one, but I think the best price now is forties, six places, which is fine with me. Um, yeah, he finished a respectable tie forty-seventh on his debut, and uh, prior to that, he had already impressed as an amateur on the DP World Tour. He finished tied fourteenth. The BMW International Open, and, and since then he's threatened to win on both the DP and the, and more recently the PGA Tour, where he really should have won the Barbasol Championship. Uh, had a final round of 77, threw away the lead, and his PGA Tour playing rights. It was a really tough watch. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm sure he'll going to get plenty more opportunities. Incredibly talented and seriously impressive pedigree as an amateur. He just he, he comes across quite volatile and like tough to predict in my eyes like when it when it comes to his golf he can look shit hot and then absolutely go off and then shit space <laughs> around um, but i do think the potential and the upside is is huge though and i do think it's a great course for him he has, he has plenty of power and he won't shy away from the risk reward holes so i think he's coming off a, a good spell in the states and i'm sure that at loss is uh, you're wary for it away it's going to be stinging i think he would be more comfortable winning here um, but, you know, he should have won. And he finished at 38th at the Barracuda, which, I mean, is all right. Still, I think that experience, he's experienced this course before. It's definitely going to help. And uh, I just think he's progressed a lot as a player since his last time he's come here. So he'll either miss cut or contend. I don't think there'll be any in between. So no. no sort of, is. I think that's the thing with Schmid. It's like, and this is probably something you could have applied to Eddie Pepperell for a decent amount of time. It's like, it's one or the other. And I think with with Pepperell, when he's gone back to back in good weeks, I'm happy to go with that. With Schmid, I really don't know what to expect. And like Sky put up both Long and Schmid on, on the Mayor Media show. And like, I sort of said the polar opposites. Like Long's playing really solid golf and, and looks like he's working his way towards something. Whereas Schmid, you just don't know where he is. Uh, I think the the ceiling for Schmid is a lot higher than, yeah. I, th- I think Schmid, at his best, is going to be a 16 to 1 shot in this field. Like, yeah, exactly. I think you are. I'm betting the ceiling here. Yeah. Um, I do I do worry that people, and not yourself, because I don't think you've backed him sort of every time he's gone up, but there are people mm-hmm. that just follow him off the cliff. Uh, yeah. And he sort of varies between 40 and 100s. And, and yeah. it just seems to be that anyone's yeah, going to bet him I think cross. this might be the second or third time I've backed him because uh, I, I've never been able to work him out. And I don't like backing people. I don't really. Um, you know, can't really put a finger on, but now I've sort of seen him and seen what he's when he. I think it was that when he come close to winning on the PJ Tour, you know, at the bar. So I yeah. was like, okay, you know, it's you can see what he's capable of, and if you can do it there, he can de- certainly do it here. Um, that's sort of the the logic, really. Yeah, when you look at the fact he's had that top ten at the, the Daniel Links, he's second at the Dutch Open. Like yeah, exactly. he, yeah. he's 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 done it right. Like there, there's no doubt in his ability. It's just. What are you going to get week to week from him? So that's it in a nutshell. You just don't know. <laughs> um, any other thoughts around this kind of price range, Jace, before we go into kind of the 40s and big? No, no, quite interesting, Max, because you said follow him off a cliff. He is another one of the 10 to follow. So it's, <laughs> uh, we've had three winners on it. So maybe we should, uh, maybe we should dive in. Uh, dive in completely. No, I agree. I, I, I think he is very, very difficult to read, Schmidt. I can't work out whether he wants to 
just smack the hell out of the thing. Or, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I saw him at, uh, I think it was the Dutch Open last year, where he just mm. made one one real error, to be honest. And then he just looked green. I don't know. I, I don't think he's, he's he's done what I thought he would do this year. But, yeah, at the end of the day, like you say, we haven't reached anything like his ceiling. So, who knows? No. No, he's, he's not one of those ones that has played really well and not got over the line. Like He's one of those, oh, no. we still don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. um, interestingly enough. So uh, maybe complete polar opposite to that and a good segue into my next pick is Jens Danshop, who I think we know exactly what he is uh, at this stage. Like He's been second in the uh, 54 hole stage over the last two weeks. Um, fourth in approach and 17th green last week. Um, you know, the fact that he's been second at you know, the 54 hole stage both times and finished eighth and fifth is a little bit of a concern. Um, and, you know, you look at his career in general, like we sort of said before, like he's a very good winner on the Challenge Tour, maybe not at this level. I just mm. wonder if that recent kind of contention and the way he's hitting the ball and just, you know, the fact that, you know, the top of the market's got question marks over it anyway. Um, I just think the 40 to 1 is still enough of an edge on him. Um, even the 33 seven places, if you want to take that, or might be eight places. Uh, for 33 available as well so um, I, I do like him still I think there's enough in the price I was expecting him to drop slightly lower than he is um, so 40 to 1 down so I'm going to give another go Brad despite the fact that there's obvious concerns yeah yeah, yeah. I like that a lot I mean you can't question how well he's playing right now and yeah I, I think he is a good one to stick with this week for sure Run yeah it, it's just it's tough isn't it you, you never know quite whether to stick with them or you know just pass them up and I think the way I kind of look at it is, will I kick myself if by the end of the week he's in contention? Mm. The answer is yes. So, uh, a 40 to 1, I think there's enough juice. So, yeah, I think there is, yeah. Um, I don't know where he actually is sitting in final prices now, Brad. Uh, so, I'll let you talk about him now. Oh, he, he's disappeared oh, yeah. for most of this, but Oliver Hunderville Jorgensen. Yeah, he's, a not, he's not a good one for the odds checker. <laughs> um, they, all get him, uh, they all get him mixed up, all kind of names. But I, I, I got him at 66 with Labrooks. Yeah. Um, I think. He might still be that price with Unibet, six places. I'm not sure. It's because it's difficult with odds checker yeah. messing it up. But yeah, he, he placed for me at 400 to 1 last week, which was massive. I'm um, going back to him six times as short at 66. Is, uh, but I just thought last price was, the last week's price was very disrespectful. He'd already won already on the Challenge Tour this season, along with some top finishes. And I'd have taken anything over 100 to 1. I just think he's he just. We've seen it, haven't we, in the past of other players who are in good form, they can carry it over. I mean, look at uh, Jens Dundorp, which you just referred to, best yeah. example. Um, and then we have Hillier and Hannah off the top of my head as well. They, they finished, when they come over from the Challenge Tour, uh, they finished inside the top five. Uh, so, yeah, he's had tied fifth on his debut on the DP World Tour. He's some going, and he looked a really calm customer. I, I, I had so much enjoyment watching him. Uh, he, another one who hits it an absolute country mile, uh, which we know can help here. Um, ranked second off the tee, fifth on approach. It was just his game around the green that let him down. And uh, I had to charge him again. And bookies have shown a lot more respect this time around, as they should. But still think there is enough there to warrant taking him at 66. I think he is an exciting talent. One of those, Brad, where like... You, you kind of like in my head, I'm like, right, well, he was 400 to one for you last week, and that didn't last yeah. very long. And it's probably more of 125, 130. All of yeah. a sudden, he's he is still 66 to one on Skybet, which is, is something I've seen at the moment. So, 66 oh, to one, six places Skybet. Um, 
He was as short as anyone that's listening in America. He was 22 to 1 on DraftKings. So no one really actually knows what to do with uh, Oliver Hunter with Jorgensen. No. But I think I think what you see with him is like, if even he's fifth on debut, as you already referenced, like, is that his level? And with, like, sportsbooks just weren't aware of it last week and they've readjusted accordingly. Or is there a massive overreaction? We're not going to know until... This is it, yeah. You can't even know this week. It'll be... Two, no. three, four, five starts. You know, it's exactly. one of those. Words. I just, I just, sometimes you can see it in a, in a golf. I, I really loved what I saw of him on on the golf course. He just looked really calm. He was just like he looked at home at that level. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, uh, and that's what I got from it. And that's what I was like, oh God, if he's, the, I was, I'm thinking to myself, if he's anything between fifty to seventy-five to one, I'm going to struggle not to take him, um, especially after last week. So it, it was one of those really. I just. I really like, he really impressed on the eye. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go back to him. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, just by the way, this is a slightly off topic here, but there is some real sickos that either request this or, or the trader at Skybet is just maybe has a few drinks while he does it. Jordan Smith to shoot exactly 67, 67, 68, 69 rounds one, two, three, and four is I don't get 750 to one. I mean, that must be just low hanging fruit for someone to have a go on it. They're just trying um, to rob people. No, I mean, that's disgusting. So um, that, that was just interesting to see that. And another note as well any English winner is 11 to four. So if you're in the camp of Jordan Smith, Cameron Shinkwin, Eddie Pefferall all having a chance because their ball striking is so mm. good. Uh, probably would take that uh, and just try and, and try and yeah. give yourself a few chances. That includes Armitage, Jordan are all near the top of the bet. And like, it's not a bad little Richard Mansell's there as well. So yeah, yeah, um, do get a few in there. Sure. That's another good segue for Richard Mansell. Jace, is there, that was someone that was of interest, but whether the price is enough or whether you trust him well, is a different cost. The first three I wrote down when I was when poaching this on Saturday yeah. afternoon it was obviously Shigwin. Yeah. Um and then the next two were uh, Richard Mansell and Matt Jordan. And um that is enough to put you off life, isn't it? Um <laughs> But um yeah, look what do we what do we do? What do we do with the likes of, of Jordan and Mansell? We all know what they can do. We all know they're better than what they they do, but it's one day they're gonna go over the line. Is it gonna be a a Richard Bland situation where we have to wait another 23 years. I don't know. Um, but for me, yeah, Mansell, I mean, he missed the cut on the number last week, the heroes. I'm not really worried about that. Yep. It's not the greatest to form in the world, but you, I mean, you could all see yourself, you see it on Thomas Hipsy at wherever you like. Uh, that little middle bit, um, third at European, ninth at Dutch, I like, etc., etc., etc. Eighth at the Belfry is excellent. That's, that can be compared to this. Um, and then, very interesting, Matt, who posters. Um, Strokes gain T to green on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. You probably did. Yeah. Um, he printed um, a list of the best performances over the last three months. Par threes over 190. Par fours over 460. Par fives over 560. So completely different to the other tournament we're going to going to have a look at um, later on. And uh, Richard Mantle lies third. So he averages 2.96 for par threes at that distance. 4.06 on par fours and 468 on par fives. So that gave me even more encouragement to back somebody that probably will finish 37 um, but again you look into it he's got the Dutch form which I do like um, who said the Belfry if you want some really dodgy form um, second to Todd Clements uh, Brad's winner over the weekend on yeah. the Challenge Tour who actually gagged up there um, he's third in ball sorry third in greens in reg 12th in ball striking over the last few months do you know what we know he's a very very good player it's a matter of um, when you go in uh, what course you go in and, and I, I 
just don't know. I'm thinking, yeah, I would back him, but with a mind to get out on Betfair at some point. Because mm-hmm. uh, having said that, we've seen Crocker win. I say we've seen Finau win twice. We've seen Ramsey do it. Um, we can't. We won't see Cantor do it because he's bugging off over the other side. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of them. I, it was 45 what I wanted. No, but would I take 35 Oli Becker? No. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I mean? It's it's one I of them. I think 45 is not too bad actually. It's all right. It's yeah. all right. I think it's about fair to be honest. Context, isn't it? Um, mm. uh, I I just think I, I I think this is the type of place he wants, and and he's, he has got. He's playing better than those figures suggest, I think. Um, so yeah. he was one of interest, and it's a potential. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You, you mentioned sort of Oliver Becker there, and sort of referencing pricing. So there's just people that just doesn't like Marcus Armitage doesn't move in the market. Oliver Becker doesn't really move in the market. Mansell is either side of fifty to one most times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Molinari's here all the time, despite the fact he literally can't putt. Um, you know, I just. It's strange. I just don't get why Armitage is the price that he is. Like, if, if, is it just because he's popular? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's I guess it's that because yeah. there's, there's there's nothing else. Like, his form is twenty first, thirty first, sixty fourth, thirty seventh, sixty first, seventy fourth, sixteenth. So he's I had, don't know how he's thirty three. He's had he's had two top tens this year, and they're in the Qatar Masters and Razel Khaimah. So that's fine. Um, but he was very yeah, good at the yeah. start of the season. Yeah, and he's had a week off as well, hasn't he? So it's like you think sometimes that's that because that, they normally drift in the market once they have a week yeah. off. I, 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 his irons are just, I mean, that's his game, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, just look at his irons at the moment on tour tips. They're absolutely shocking. Um, yeah. You know, his, his teeth are green approach. You can't win around here playing like that. It's just, it, no. you just can't. And, and the thing is, for me, is like, like you say, Jace, like, that's his bread and butter. Is his, his irons like when he, when Crocker came back from form of those nine missed cuts and he straight away he was seventh in approach at Sadal Open. You're like, okay, well, he's back to doing what he yeah. does. Like yeah. if Armitage isn't doing that, then what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. He's, he's yeah, not a great yeah, short yeah. game player, is he? So um, strange one. I don't know. Again, Armitage probably wins now because whenever I decide to pick on someone, they they play well. But um, just just a strange one for me. Um, at a slightly different price, Connor Seam for me. Um, Someone I've kind of given up on a little bit after the COVID run and he had that chance. It was about this time uh, a couple of years ago where he had that really hot stretch. And yeah, I, I just felt like he probably wasn't going to do it. It wasn't going to live up to it. And all of a sudden, top 12 in tees green last two starts, top nine in approach both times. Now returns to a course where he's been third, eighth and 18th. And he's led at the 54 hole stage in both the Wales Open and the Celtic Classic uh, back in 2020. Um <laughs> No doubt he should have won one of those, um, yeah. or you know at least given a better account of himself. Uh, and that was a run where he finished 19th, 3rd, 8th and 8th. Like, he was clearly just in very, very good form. But he's in that kind of form. I guess the I guess the it's numbers really, don't show it. The like numbers the, are good, but he's just not finished. It's yeah. Like, it's position isn't where he's actually ending up. No, so isn't you, great. you look at the 42nd in Scott Schofield and you probably give him a little bit more of that because of the strength of the field, right? And then you look at the 41st last week and you think, okay, that's not good. But he opened 65, 70, looked pretty strong uh, and took a step back. And he, he was opened up at sort of like 75s or 66s, I think, earlier. And that's when I sort of wrote him down and I've not jumped off of him just because he's dropped in price a bit. But like... He's on the border now because, you know, as you say, the finishing positions aren't what they should be. But he's just coming back to a course that is just perfect for him. He's obviously oh, he proven it. it. Um, 
you talk about those risk and rewards. He's another guy that can kind of fire it out those uh, final holes and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like it. I think Connor Seam is fine. Uh, definitely on the border of where I want to bet him, but um, definitely, definitely like the stuff. I mean, everything behind it. If you can only go by what you're looking at, course and current form, strokes, tee screen, mm-hmm. strokes gain approach, and he's he's there in all of it. So, um, like what I see there. Um, Jace, I thought you might have gone with John Kapner around this price. Yeah, I had a look. I just don't think it's going to be hard enough, is it? No. Um, have they had a little bit of rain as well? I think have they? I'm not sure. Um, that was all. That was all. Yeah, I mean, really, Catlin, honestly, should be right up there with the front of the market, but he's just not doing it, is he? He's not no. doing it. His short game's not really doing it, and that's that's very much a key to him. So um, no, I've left him there. No, that's fair enough, folks. Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching, and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the King of Crotch Comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now, I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers, and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing. And the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. Tempted by uh, David Law around yeah. that price as well. He's been hitting it so well. That was that was uh, the next one I was going to speak about because he's just. Oh, he's, sorry, man. No, that's all right. That's just, it's, it's good that you got into him. He's he's just. He looks like he's on a really good run, doesn't he? Like he's confident mm-hmm. and he's just picking it up. And he we talked about the fact that he stepped forward in those big events to to kind of secure uh, a big summer for him. Really, like the Scottish Open, he needed to get into, got into that. Then he wanted to play at St Andrews, got into that. Like with his fourth place finish at the um, Irish, then he finishes mm-hmm. third last week as well. Just, I don't know. He's one of those ones where like he isn't going to pop in terms of approach and tee screen. He's going to get streaky, but he'll also have standout rounds. Like he, he just seems to get hot at any point. Like yeah. he had, he was thirteenth yesterday. Strokes going approach on the final day, uh, yeah. whereas that kind of lit him down throughout the rest of the week. So it's tough to. Tough to really quantify of law, and mm. I like him as a hundred to one shot, and probably not a fifty. Which that's exactly it. Same, same with Seam, probably, but I've just gone with him because the course form suggests. Yeah, saying that though, he's uh, he's got some pretty good course form. Well, I say not as good, but he's got some good rounds here. I think he yeah. finished 18th last year and improved every round, oh, except for the second. But yeah, no, I did look at him quite closely, but again, like you, I just didn't really. The price wasn't appetising enough. No, I, I agree with that. And then my final definitive selection was Chase Hanna. Uh, Jason obviously referenced him at the top. But 12th in approach last week, 15th tee to green. He finished 6th in this event last year, and he was 2nd after 54 holes. And I can't remember exactly how that final round went down. Um, just remember him not quite living up to what we kind of hoped. But 
He, I was, not, I was on him last year. Yeah, I mean, maybe you remember a bit more. Was it? Was he bad on the Sunday, or was he just? He unlucky? just. He is a bit Pendriff-esque sort yeah. of thing. You know, didn't really bring it. And and he hasn't, he hasn't shown it yet. Like this isn't a guy that we're talking about that's been like a, a prolific Challenge Tour winner before coming here or anything like that. Like he, I don't think he's actually won anywhere, has he? Um, so no, no. you know, you, you don't know kind of what he's got. It's just to me like when you look at his top performances on like OWGR, second, fourth, second, sixth, 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 and his you know top six finishes already. They're all in the last couple of years. Like just just to me mm. that. You know, he's a massive improver. And what I liked last week, although he only finished 30th, I gave him a chance because he'd finished 6th on the course the year before. Um, and whilst I hope he doesn't finish 30th again, like, it's to me, like, it was kind of... It's a weird way to look at it, but, like, it was a bit of an improvement on what he does. Like, normally he's either 2nd oh, yeah. or bust or 4th, 5th, 6th or bust. Whereas this time he's He's 30. come out in an interview and said that, mate. Yeah. Have you heard yeah, yeah, he said like either miss cuts or uh, he contends. That's sort of how he does it. And I think I think finishing thirty is actually a positive. It's like okay, well, you actually you, you're figuring out how to make a weekend, um, yeah. and then building it. So I'm hoping that you know he, he goes a bit further and gets back to what you when you're back in Hanny, you're hoping for those volatile spike weeks where he does I just. I think he's very much Matty Schmid kind yeah. of esque as well. You know, he's just quite volatile. You don't really know what you're going to get from him. No, and I think it's one of those ones where like. Again, maybe because he's an American playing on the DP World Tour, where you kind of get drawn to him. I think that happens quite a lot, and maybe that's a bit of a concern. But like other than that, well, I, he I could also like... be inspired by Crocker last. He week. could, he could, he could yeah. be inspired. You could look at it that way. Um, by, by all accounts, Crocker seems to be a very popular uh, player yeah, on tour. Um, I didn't realise. I think they, the European Tour put out or DP World Tour put out. He had like 107 starts before that win, which surprised me. I didn't think he'd been around as long as that so mm-hmm. um, just another side note there but um, before we come on to your 100 to 1 shot uh, Brad Jason any more for you? No I mean I think um, Grant Forrest is obviously playing well he's worth a mention Garrick Portius at 100 to 1 yeah. who um, I liked uh, last week um, he goes on runs of form he does um, when he hits form I mean they're not you know, awesome levels of form but they're top 15s and stuff like that in, in you know potentially harder company and he appears on 12th on that list that um, that Matt put up on Twitter. I mean, yeah. basically, you know, Matt's very kind. He, he does what I do, but I write things down with a pencil and an A4 pad. <laughs> and he very neatly puts them up on Excel spreadsheets to make it look pretty and a lot easier to read. Um, so he's 12th on that list. As I say, he's uh, under par for the par three, 415 par fours, 476 par fives. Um, again, another attacking player. Obviously, goes on runs of form. He's on 30th at the Hero. 16th at the uh, hillside um, could have won uh, that uh, Scottish championship that Otegi won yeah. uh, from Matt Wallace and Aaron Rye that was great form you know I, I could take a chance at three figures easily on uh, Portius um, and I'll just mention one more because I think it's the only other one that I thought of but uh, yeah Justin Walters he's, um, he's I know he's not playing this week but he was like in massive lights on my page because they noised up his stats last week where he was first in everything. But anyway, uh, Christopher Broberg. Um, yeah. Listen, Broberg told me a massive favour about 10 years ago when he won the European. Um, he's playing brilliant, Cita Green. But my God, he just his flat stick is just shocking. So um, uh, at the Classic, you know, this sponsor, Kazoo Classic, he was second off the T10, Cita Green, 18th in approaches. 70th in patting so the um, 
game seven and a half to green and gave away nine on the greens. Um, it's just, it, it's horrible. Uh, Scandi mixed eight and a half, gained uh, to green seven on approaches and uh, gave away two and a half on the greens. But he is playing fantastic golf. Um, I keep back, I keep sort of finding these players that basically can't putt. Um, <laughs> but will give themselves great chances so I can get really, really annoyed. Um, he, I thought he was worth a mention, but whether I can... Whether I could actually be on, I don't know. Um, I, I looked at Broberg just because it strikes me as something he would be good at. When I looked at his course form, it didn't really reflect that. But it was still two from three made cuts, and probably you know you look back into it, maybe he had a bad putt. Maybe it's just because he was so good with his flat seat that week that he finally won after such a bad spell. You, you just yeah. it's infuriating that he's been it, so dog shit since, but. He's, he's so accurate that you think, you know, that's why he gives himself chances all the time. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. He's just, he was a fantastic. Yeah, you know, Alex Norrin called him actually better than he is hmm. uh, when he was a kid. Um, and he did it. He came through the Jobsy Challenge Tour winning three times, I think. Four times Maybe on four. Challenge Tour. Yeah, it was four, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he won four times there, and it's just unfortunate things happen, you know. Um, but he's just, he's just hitting the ball really well, whether. You know whether he's the top twenty bit or something like that, he may well be. Interestingly, I think uh, yeah, I think it's one of those ones. He's definitely one of those spike week types that just when he plays well, it it may surprise a few. But when you look at it, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. That is what he does. Um, whether he putts well or not is is basically the is the uh, answer to it, isn't it? So we shall mm-hmm. see with Christopher Proberg. But um, Brad Daniel Hillier. Yep. One of my favourites that I like to back. Uh, I got him at 150, but I think he's now... 100 now. 100. I think yeah. 100 to 1 bet, 365 each way extra with the eight places, probably the best bet. Yep. Um, but yeah, similar mould of player to Hannah and Schmid in the sense you can't be certain of the performance you're going to get from them. But again, like incredibly high ceiling and upside. Went for a really bad patch of form on the challenge tour recently. I think he was missing cut after cut. He had a top five in between, but it really, it was not, it was bad. Um, and yeah, he's managed to make three in a row. And he's just another player who possesses a lot of power off the tee. He's aggressive with his play. He ranked first off the tee last week at Cardin three rounds in the 60s. And he finished tied 12th. Uh, he was 30th on approach, similar to Georgeson, just struggled around the greens. And parts of this course are quite linksy. And with the risk and reward, holes i just think he's gonna enjoy this test so i think a triple digits is a good one to chance yeah i think um, correct me if i'm wrong but i think we kind of spoke about him a couple of weeks ago brevin when you were last yeah. on uh because yeah. i kind of said that you know you like hillier and he just finished seventh on the challenge tour and should we go for him and i think mm-hmm. we were all a bit wishy-washy about whether we do it or not and his yeah. performance was wishy-washy and he finished kind of like it 60th was. or something wasn't it but yeah. um then he comes right back and finishes 12 last week and you think well it's tough, isn't it? It's tough to really know what you do, and yeah. that's why he's 100 to 1 when you know, his upside suggests that he could be in, in amongst that 50 60 to 1 mark. So, yeah. uh, like I say, first off the tee last week, ahead of Hunderball, that was you know really, really good off the tee, ahead of Neenarpa, mm-hmm. who is basically that is his game with off the tee. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, he hits it in absolute well, yeah, 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 just it's not far behind Neenarpa at all. It's, really. it's a surprise that like he isn't more popular because of that. Like, everyone seems to kind of chase those. Like yeah, off the tee sort of merchants. I think it's, yeah, I think this week is. Um, I think having a bit of distance is definitely going to help. It's a long course. Yeah, and, and that and just like you say, it's challenging. We keep sort of referencing this kind of risk reward thing, and 
people yeah. get bored of hearing it after a while. But like, it is that. Like, if you can if you can have a no, go exactly. at some of them, then then why not? So definitely for me, uh, ones to keep an eye on. Probably I might have I'd... a little look on Betfair. Sorry, Tom. Just to mention one player who I've now decided yeah. I'm going to back. Okay. Uh, Marcus Hillekilder. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Again, nothing went to follow at the beginning of the year, but he. Uh, I'm just lo- looking through it as you're talking. Yeah. I just think I need to be on at some point. Um, you know that. Okay, he missed the cut last week, but recovered in 68 in the second round, and and look before that, you know, top 15 at Barracuda, top 10 at the Barbasol, um, and then there's spatterings in the middle there. You know, little round 66s, 68s on the other tournaments. It's just a matter of when he finds his level at this. When he finds his level at this level, that's not English, but it doesn't matter. Um, when he finds his, his his sort of status at this level, and I yeah. think he's good enough. Look at his approaches; they're improving. Um, see, green, green's in reg; they're improving. Um, Patting was, you know, decent, obviously over the other side. Uh, I, I just think he's one that could of, of the rookies on the tour. He's one that could come through, and it's just a matter of when to back him. And I think he's sixty, give or take. And yeah. Yeah. I quite, I, I actually quite like that. I think um, where where I don't think somebody like Wilco Nine Neighbor is particularly suited to here. Um, and as we already discussed, you know some of the ones that are further above. I, I think we don't know what Hillary Kills is capable of, and uh, I'm going to back him this week. So he was, he was good off the tee last week, twenty uh, second in round one, thirty fifth in round two, but was really bad with his irons. Uh, but I think because last week was such a different test in terms of it's like a real proper links, a bit windy and stuff like that, like that can just change things. Whereas, like you say, it's yeah. a bit more, a bit more of a composite sort of effort this time around. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. As you say, I mean, he should be sort of, you know, being being you know from um, Scandi, should not Scandi, but you know, what I mean, he yeah. should um, he should be liking. You know, they always play well, Scotland, Wales, and, and Ireland. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just looking through while you were talking, and, and I think there's a point where we need to be on him. Yeah. And I think he'll he'll have to go in at sort of bet four this week. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, we, we've been talking about that kind of tweet from uh, Matt, who's SG two uh, SGT two green on uh, on Twitter with the number two in there, and uh, basically every player we've spoken about makes up that list, but the one that's actually top of that uh, is Angel yeah. Hidalgo, who we spoke about last mm-hmm. week, uh, Chase. Uh, well, he, he missed yeah. the cut, didn't he? We, we we sort of talked ourselves into him and he didn't do anything. But, you know, he's uh, just over par on the par threes, but under par on the par fours and par fives in that span of uh, of holes. So I think he is definitely someone to keep an eye on. He definitely seems to be improving. Um, decent price again. So Angel Hidalgo will be interested. Folks, I'm back again just to give you a reminder of our latest podcast partner, Athletic Greens and their AG1 product. Now, I'm a decent way through the AG1 testing period, and I'd say it's probably not even a testing period anymore. It's just a product I use, and I'm still feeling the benefits. So pretty comfortable saying I love to use it. Um, you know, I feel more alert. My general wellness seems to be better, and the simplicity of the AG1 product really you know, helps not take up too much of my day, uh, which I find important. So the 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptions, you know, there's no way that you can't start your day off right with those. Um, you know the blend of ingredients help your gut health the nervous and immune system and most important for me and my energy and focus which really help power this podcast you know this is late at night every day um, and just working on this so ag1 really comes in handy then does help your recovery and aging too which is something i'm having to consider as i approach my uh, 30s so I'm sure people are having a laugh out there but uh, you know i like using it both at home and on my commute and the ag1 travel packs make the latter a lot easier um, and many people take multivitamins or a plethora of different vitamins, but this is all 
one that comes in one package. It costs less than three pounds or dollars per day, depending on where you are. Um, and with our offer, it comes with a year's supply of vitamin D as well, which, you know, as we approach the, the winter months soon and go without sunlight, it's going to be really important, you know, especially for us golf betters and tipsters who are trudging through stats on a Monday evening. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Just the AG1 product. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. As I've said, those travel packs are really good. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW as claim this offer. And again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. One for me, and I think this is definitely a case of trying to chase the 400s and 500s ones of the of the brads of this world, the part of these Hondable Johnsons. But like Jesper Svensson, I thought was interesting. Like he's five hundred to one on Univet, he's four hundred to one William Hill, three hundred to one widely available, seven places as well. Like to me, when you look at like just you're just seeing guys step up now on the from the challenge tour to the European tour. I'll keep on the European tour, DP World Tour. Uh you know, he finished sixth for the Lavadrill Golf Challenge, uh the last lane page on the challenge tour, misses the cut of the Kazoo Classic, and then comes back last week uh, the 19th place finish got better every round. It went from 82nd all the way to the 19th last week. Um, I just really liked the progression uh, mm-hmm. that he showed all week long. And then you look at his irons, and they got better basically every every day. Uh, top 20 of his irons in the final day. And to me, like when you're showing that, and it's come off the challenge tour, and I, I just thought that there wasn't as much of a reaction to him finishing inside the top 20 as there has been some of the other guys that have come off. So, I don't know, Brad, maybe one for you, maybe oh, a bit more. I really like, I've backed him quite a lot in the past on the challenge tour. I really like Jesse Jensen. I've even I had a conversation with him on yeah. Instagram. He's All a right. good lad. Um, and, yeah, I backed him. I didn't back him outright, but last week at the Kazoo Classic, he was like 6-1 to one for a top 40. Yeah. And I backed him for that because he's obviously coming off a top, uh, a tied sit for the... The Vadrill Golf Challenge. I yeah. thought that was a good bet. But yeah, no, he didn't show up, unfortunately. But yeah, I think it's a great bet, mate. That's a good long shot. I just, um, I seem to remember you mentioned him briefly, like maybe four mm-hmm. or five podcasts ago, like, oh yeah, yes, we're yeah. someone I've kept an eye on. And we never really got to him as, a, as an actual pick. And then I just, yeah. I saw he was inside the top 20 last That's week, right. piqued my interest. Yeah. And another way I thought of playing him, you mentioned top 40, and I don't know what price he's going to be for that. He's 11 to 1 to be the top Swede this week. So mm. if Jens Dantop lets me down, he's 23 to 10. Broberg, obviously, Jason spoke about 19 to 4. But then you've got Robin Peterson, Nicholas Limke, Jens Farbring, Henrik Stuart, who he beat last week, Rickard Karlberg. Uh, those are all the guys in front of him. Like All of them are beatable, I think. Yeah. Um, so 11 to 1, top Swede with three Could places. Could be a good angle, that. I think that's possibly a way to go. Um, does he need to finish in the top 20 to, to cash in that market? I I guess maybe. Um, no, so maybe yeah. look at the, the top 20 price as well if, if you're if you're interested. But I just thought 11 to 1 top speed. I mean, he's 8 to 1 top 20. So the 11 to 1 might just give you that little bit of extra cushion. So mm-hmm. I liked that about Jesper Svensson. Um, yeah. Anything else for anyone before we move on? Um, just uh, that Filippo Celli, who's a very good amateur, who finished top am at the British Open. I'm not having any action on him because I think he is just short enough. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be interested to see how he gets on. I think it's um, one of those ones where 
I don't think he's been missed in the pricing because they want they want everyone to kind of bet on him after finishing low amateur at the Open. Yeah. Interesting enough, I think it's the same approach they took with Matty Schmid, right? And whereas Schmid kind of stepped forward straight away, not necessarily. No, I'm not sure. So I don't either. get the same vibes from Chelly that yeah, that's no. going to be the case. Um, I think... Still, I'm I'm looking forward to see how he gets on, but yeah. I, I agree. I don't think he's going to have quite the same. Yeah, it's going to be nice to see how he does. Uh, his best mm. ever rank, though, 57th in the amateur rankings, whereas I think Schmidt was... Was Schmidt like one of the top? Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's... It's, it's tough. European it? amateur two two years in a row, I think. Yeah, I mean, he was a top ten amateur in the world, Schmidt at the time. Mm. So, to me, there's there's a slight different pedigree to them, and I just yeah. it looks like at 125 to one, they're trying to catch people just going. Oh, I saw him at the Open. This exactly that's how I saw it. It's one of those where if he was five, 400, 500 to one, then you'd get a good price for him, top thirty, top forty. But I mean, at 125 to one, you're not even going to get good value on a top twenty or anything. I don't think so. Yeah, it's no. just a it's a case of just seeing how he does, really. Now, was it the 2010 Ryder Cup that was here? It was, wasn't I think it? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was 2010. So, um, was that the year? No, it wasn't. I was going to say that was the year that Oliver Wilson was in the team, but it wasn't. Uh, he must have been 2008, where he played really well and got beat by Boo Weekly, who just basically just tore up on the Sunday. But he mm. hit the ball really well last week and just couldn't putt for anything. And I just wondered whether he would come on. When you look at his course form, it's, it's not good. But he was second in approaches last week and he was not great off the tee. So maybe that was part of the problem as well. But um, just thought he was worth sort of mentioning. But to me, that yes for Svensson is my kind of, I'm going to chase someone at 500 to 1 uh, yeah. and have a go. So if he's uh, anything bigger than that on Betfair, I'd have a chance on him. But uh, Jace, any more names before we move on? No, 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 no. Cool. Let's go on to the Wyndham Championship then. Uh, season finale on the PGA Tour before the the FedEx Cup. You know, we're going into the um, FedEx St Jude after this one, so the playoffs are a slightly different format this year. But nonetheless, we're here at the Wyndham Championship. Sung J M is the co-favorite, or three favorites, eighteen to one. Sung J M eighteen to one. Shane Lowry eighteen to one. Will's at a Taurus eighteen to one. And then you've got Webb Simpson 22s, Billy Horschel 22s, and Corey Connors 28. Uh, I suppose we'll chuck in and see we came at the same prices as well because he's actually coming in shorter at 25s. Um, so I've got Siwoo Kim written down. Um, mm-hmm. He was 28 to 1 when I wrote it out. He's now 25, 22. Basically, whatever you can still get on him uh, is still there. Um, but it makes obvious sense, right? Like He's, he's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. He's played here six times, missed two cuts either side of his win here. Uh, in his first three starts, and then he's finished, um, you know, inside the top five in each of his last three starts. Mister uh, lost in the playoff last year. I don't know why I'm trying to talk really fast, but he, uh, yeah, he just played really well uh, at this golf course. Interestingly enough, he's like considered a Pete Dye specialist, and when you look at the sort of correlative courses, this they come across as Pete Dye's, despite the fact this is a Donald Ross as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, really like to see with Kim. Don't really see too many negatives. It used to be that he was no. kind of a bit in and out, Brad, but now it yeah. looks like a bit more consistent. No, I've, I, exactly that. I mean, I can't see any negatives. I didn't get there. It's him and Henley, both of them, really. I, I can't believe I passed on either when I was trying to pick between them, and then I didn't go there in the end on either of them. But it was them two were the ones that stuck out to me in that range, like 30, 28, or I don't know what they are now. But yeah. when I was first looking at the time, just you can't see much wrong with either of them, other than obviously Henley struggles to get over the line. But um I think Siwa, you've got probably more chance to like win FD, you know. Um, 
getting the winner. But yeah, I can't see nothing wrong with either of them. It, 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 to me, you say Kim and Henley. To me, it's between Kim and Billy Horschel. Like, I thought Billy Horschel mm-hmm. looked really, really good. Uh, when you consider the fact, I mean, I'm picking on someone here again, who I definitely don't like to pick on in Webb Simpson. Um, but he's just not playing the golf that Webb Simpson has. I know he's finished third, second, second, third, seventh. Oh. Uh, when I saw him yeah. at 14s, I was like, what on earth is going on? Yeah, like, he opened up at 14 to 1, I think it was, on Paddy Power. And I was like, look, yeah. I understand the course form completely. Like, you can't ignore it. He's got a kid called Wyndham. Like, that's how much he loves his golf course. Like, it absolutely makes sense. He won here in 2011. He's, you know, basically nearly won every year. But he isn't playing like that. And he's in big jeopardy of missing the FedEx Cup. Uh, maybe people take that as a as a positive and try and spin it but I mean Jace we, we've spoken about Webb Simpson at the Wyndham for probably every time we've talked about anything like this at the podcast Heritage, John Deere, whatever um, but what were your thoughts on Webb this week? No I, I, I it's, it's, you, you can't fancy that. this is a Webb Simpson Kevin Kisner course, it's ones that we love to talk about but he's just not he's just not doing it is he? You, you just can't back him at that price, not when you've got um, yeah as you say the likes of Sanjay, the likes of Horshaw See, I, I agree with Henley. I actually wrote that first line is if Henley puts, he wins. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to. <laughs> um, so there we are. Uh, very, very difficult. But, you know, Webb is probably the biggest price he's been for three or four years, I would have thought. Yeah, it must 22 be. 22 to 1 here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I remember him going off at 10 and 12 the last couple of years. Don't know. Inspiration coming here. It, it's fairly obvious. You couldn't argue with anybody to say that he'll, he'll be inspired coming back. Um, it's his course, so. Uh, mm. But like, even, like last year when he know. finished seventh here, he was coming off the back at nineteenth for the Open, fifteenth for the FedEx St Jude, he had a thirty for the PGA, ninth for the Heritage. Yes. Um, Still in a lot better form. Yeah, like twelve for the Masters. Whereas now he's just he had that. Th- if it was immediately after that thirteenth for the Travellers, you'd think okay, but he's on thirteenth for the Travellers, miscut, miscut, sixty mm-hmm. ninth, and he was actually in a good position on day one. I remember texting uh, Paul Story at the start of the week. He, he hit seventeen out of eighteen greens and shot sixty six. Um, yeah. You know, and, and then I thought, oh God, you know, he's going to be 10 to 1, 12 to 1 again next week. So then when 22 to 1 comes out, you think, oh, maybe I should just take him. But I just, I don't know. It's just not there for him at the moment. It's it's gone. And, you know, if I can back see with him at the right, you, same price. Sorry, yeah, you're right. You, you you know, Webb Simpson doesn't lose shots on approach. No. And Tate agreed. He is. So. Yeah. That, that, that's just alarm bells, isn't it? Like, if it's not working, it's not working. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to see him get back to it. If he does it here, then, you know, great. He won at 22 to 1 and we missed it. Not not a problem at all. Um, so, yeah, see with Kim for me at the top. It was between him and Billy Horshaw. Went with Kim for the slightly bigger price. Um, that's about it, really. We, we come into a little group here now. We've got Tyrrell Hatton at 33 to 1, along with Adam Scott and Tom Kim. Uh, Kisner's here. And then you've just got this plethora of 31 golfers. I've got two in the 40s that I'm going to talk about. But, Jace, I can hear you furiously flicking through pages of paper there. Um, is there someone that you want to talk about here? Is that why you're furiously ripping through paper? Nah, no. No? No, really, no. no. Um, I love JT Poston this week. Yeah. I, I, as soon as I saw him enter, I wanted to be on last. As soon as I saw him enter this week, yeah. that's that's it as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's the bet. He was the bet at uh, John Deere as well. Yeah. Um, there's everything. I mean, evidence for... He's huge. I mean, this course ties in massively with the heritage. Um, you've, you've got, obviously, Webb Simpson and, and Kisner have won at both. Yeah. Davis Love has won this two or three times. I think it's twice, isn't it? He's won this twice. He's won the heritage five times. 
Post and Heritage forms, third Miss Cat, eight, six. His final rounds at those have been 64, 65, and 66. When he was third at the Heritage uh, a couple of months ago, he was 70 at green, 37th in approach, 29th in putting. First off, actually, ninth greens in reg, 11th patting average. At the Travellers, when he comes, when he was second, um, his final round was 64. Again, very, very similar stats. John Deere, when he won, his first round was 62. I mean, he can shoot low, no problem at all. When he gets it right, he just peppers flags. Um, over there, his first tee green, 10th in approach, blah, blah, blah. Uh, even at 3M, when he was 11th, third round of 64 again, um, fourth in putting. Um, approaches were slightly down, but um, you know, I'm not going to be worried about one one bad effort. Yeah. Um, driving accuracy again was absolutely fine. He's going to set himself up fantastically here. Over the last three months, he's uh, tied fourth in par four performance, which will be where the scores are made here. Everything, everything. This just this is. I, th- I can't. Did we back here, Kevin Kisner here or? I can't remember what we back last I year. Think anyway. we, I think we might have done, but I, I think we did, didn't we? Yeah. This is this mm. is you know, for me, I'd be amazed if Poston isn't challenging on Sunday night. Absolutely stunned. Uh, I don't I don't see a negative. No, it's one of those ones where I think the only reason he is priced in this bracket, as opposed to twenty eight and forty, is because people just don't believe JT Poston wins twice in a year. Like that is just because otherwise there there is like you say, there's nothing. He's he's won at the golf course before. Uh, I suppose his other efforts, apart from the win, is, is nothing. But he's, yeah. he's won this one. He's won the John Deere. He's had those three top eights at the Heritage. When you look at who he's beaten, he beat Webb Simpson here uh, in 2019. And then he beat uh, Christian Bezuiden out of Miliano Grillo at the John Deere. And that's, you know, three players that basically all have the same kind of profile of, of playing these type of golf courses. Uh, I think that's it. I mean... That's the only negative. Sorry. People don't think two wins can happen in the season, Jason. He's them. He is. He is the Grillos and stuff like that. But yeah. who can putt? Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, he was right up there um, as you know the putting supremos on the top. I, just, I mean, I was very, very impressed. I've been impressed for a while with him, and and I just think, you know, he went to the Open, and obviously that was a big culture shock for him. Really, um, he's still not performed badly. You know, 73, 73. I mean, it was never good. Nobody I spoke to, certainly us two, I don't think ever believed that he it was ever going to suit him. Uh, well, um, I, I I decided he was going you? to win that week, didn't I? But it was oh. it was one of those ones where like I thought he was a really high priced player based on the fact that he just won um, and he missed the cut by two. And it was like I looked at it as like St Andrews, like there was going to be loads of wedges in his hand and yeah. he's good at wedges. But obviously Lynx was just a different animal and he got caught out by it. But he's come back a week later, isn't he? Yeah. And, and you know, hit, hit middle round six nine sixty four and played well. Yeah. Uh, this this course is look Webb Simpson, Kevin Kisner, JC Poston. It fits. Bang, give him the trophy. You just you look at his season, right? And the best things he's done: twenty fifth at the Amex uh, was his, and twenty third at the Phoenix to start the year. Then he was third at the Heritage, which we're already talking about. Ninth at the Wells Fargo, second at Travellers, one's John Deere, eleventh in his last start. Like what? I don't really know what else he's meant to do, Brad. Um, I, think, I think he's levelled up, hasn't he? Yes. That's how I see it. He's, he's levelled up, so why can't he win two times? And and he's just he's going to be like that Webb Simpson type that has five or six, or Kevin Kisner's or whatever, has five or six courses a year that yeah, are perfect exactly. for him. And if, if he wins one of them, it doesn't does you know it does it once a year. It doesn't really matter, does it? So. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. I, I don't like Jason said. So I don't really see the negatives. Maybe not quite as bullish as Jason, but do definitely like it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I mean, he opened at fifties. I mean, it was it was bizarre. They opened at fifties. Oh the, yeah, I know. really liked him at fifties. I really liked. Yeah. Like, Christ, this is a this is too big. I mean, I still think there's more than way more than enough juice to, uh, at forties, but fifties is like okay, that's an auto bet, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, he's fifty-five to one win only on Betfair. If, if people just want to try and chase another win, mm-hmm. like he, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty decent still. So um, there's that to it, but. One of those players we just mentioned, uh, Brad, was Christian Bezuidenhout, who is a pick for you. Um, yes. I'm going to let you talk me into Christian Bezuidenhout because no one else has managed to in five years <laughs> of him existing as yeah. a player. Well, he's, he's, he's had his first full season now on the PJ Tour. He's had his ups and downs, but he's only missed the cut three times, which I think is impressive. But we know with him, he's a very steady player. Yeah. He's just struggled to be in, like, in contention. He hasn't really got himself in contention that many times. And the only time being recently was that the the John Deere Classics we finished runner up to Poston who we just referred to who was just on an absolute mission that week um he finished in he's finished inside the top 20 in four of his last five PGA Tour starts discounting the majors so he's in good form and he's finishing the season strong he's played at Sedgefield once before back in 2020 and I believe that was his PGA Tour debut he opened up with a 71 then fired a second round 64 so it shows what he's capable of going low around here yeah um then he shot 69 and 68 to finish 37th which is you know a respectable finish on your debut and i think i think it's a really good spot for him he, you know he isn't the longest but you don't need to be around here and he's he's incredibly accurate and he's been gaining strokes and approach recently which is really encouraging and also he putts well on bermuda that's his favorite surface so i just think there's a lot to like about him uh, i reckon he goes well I mean, it was a bizarre choice that he didn't play the Heritage this year. I thought that was weird because mm-hmm. he finished 33rd there last year and shot a Saturday 65. Uh, there's probably a reason why he didn't play that. I can't remember. But when you look at what he's done this year, like 17th at the Sony Open, uh, 14th at Pebble Beach, 25th at Honda, 20th Bay Hill where he plays well all the time anyway, but mm-hmm. 12th Byron Nelson, 15th Charles Schwab, 2nd John Deere. Like He's playing well in all those kind of courses where... You want him to slightly opposite to Aaron Rye, who keeps just playing well at the courses we don't expect him to, and not yeah. the one he does. Um, I just have a hard time envisioning him winning. It's just one of those ones where mm-hmm. like, I think he's going to do another thing where he, he probably finishes the top 10 or top 20, and I think that's a really good bet. And I suppose when you're getting eight places, that's probably plenty enough, right? But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it just always, always feels to me right. like he's being overrated a bit. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel really so. I think we'll. It's hard not to, really. Yeah. I mean, with, with how he, you know, when he come off the DP World Tour, he was, he was incredible in 2020, you know, and obviously he won the, the oh, what was it, the Andal- oh, the Masters, didn't he? The Andalusia Masters yeah. uh, in 2019. Um, and so, I mean, you, you can't be a bad player to win around Valderrama. No. Uh, it, I, I, I really rate him highly. Um, I do think he's had... A very a, quite a good year actually. I mean, other than just the fact he hasn't really contended, other than that, that John Deere which I alluded to, but I think he's been really steady. I just I believe he's building up to uh, a big performance. Um, I hope it's this week. Uh, well, I think it's a really good spot for him. One of our listeners over on here or the Mayo Show always likes to wait for me. To, he normally puts a, tw- uh, a comment or a tweet out saying that Tom's going to bash Bazooin now again. So maybe I'm just living up to that. Uh, kind of thing but look he's, he's top 60 in the FedEx Cup at the moment uh, 56th as it stands so it's been solid uh, mm. I, I just uh, maybe 40 and 50 times actually fine but when we just talk about all those sort of things we picked up about Poston you know you've got 
um, you know, other winners in this kind of price range as well. It, j- it just felt like to me like he, mm. I don't know, I don't mean what price well, no, do you make I, him like, when he's playing away? No, well, like you, I I always think he's a bit overrated by the um, by the bookies. I never find him really at a price where I can back him now. I don't know why this week. I think he, I don't think there's much juice in the fifty. I just. I just believe that this is a really good spot for him. And I think 50s is probably about fair, about about right, Howard. I'd probably go with 50s, you know. And I'm just, I, I just think that this is a good spot for him. So I'm going to stick to my guns. And I, I think he's shown enough recently that he's building towards a good performance. And, yeah, if you we'll think, see. If you think someone can win and they're 50 to 1, then there's just there's no point in ignoring it. Like, I know people will say, oh, I want 66s or 170s, whatever. If you think someone can win and they're 50 to 1... Uh, I mean, he's 66 to one, I think, on the exchange. Like, just do it. Like, it, it, you'd be really annoyed. Um, so, all of that said about uh, Bezweden, how I've gone to another person that I've spent years not being convinced by in Harold Varner III. Um, second and third at the Heritage. Uh, one of those thirds came this year at the Heritage when he probably should have won it. Sixth and seventh at the players. We see a decent amount of crossover with that in this course. And he's been seventh and tenth on this golf course as well. And even in 2019, when he, when he finished 60th, he opened with two 66s. Um, top five in approach and top nine in tee to green in the field over the past eight weeks, according to Tour Tips. One of those people that I thought was you know prime candidate to make the jump, I think maybe he got told that if he made the jump, he wasn't going to have his Michael Jordan sponsorship anymore, and that's possibly why mm-hmm. he's uh, still here. But, you know, you just he's really, really solid, Harold Varner. Uh, you know, he's made uh, 10 or 11 cuts, you know, ten or eleven of his last twelve cuts. It's been it's been really really good. So, is he just solid, and that's why he's top forty in the world, or is he a potential winner? Now, should have won the Heritage. Like, there's no there's no getting away from that. Like, he lost by one shot, and he shot a seventy, and Patrick uh, Jordan Smith shot sixty six, and Jordan Smith, Jordan Spieth shot sixty six, and Patrick Cantlay shot sixty eight. Definitely wasn't Jordan Smith. Um, on a day where people were shooting in the sixties, he shot seventy, and that just seems to be like Harold Varner the third all along. Um, but then you go back to the Saudi International, which <laughs> isn't what it was back then. Um, you know, wins by one when he makes that massive putt on top of uh, Bubba Watson at the final hole. So, you know, I just think 23rd at the Masters looks like he's taking a step forward. Um, you know, there's just there's just a lot to like about him. I think the trouble is with him is like I look at him and I think I remember when you topped it when you were in contention at the Norman Trust. Um, and then that always scares me. But I thought the forty to one was decent enough juice in this uh, field. So with the mm. with the heritage form and things like that, I liked Harold mm-hmm. Varner. Uh, yeah, Jace, any more in the kind of forty fifty to one range? Uh, yeah. Um, I, again, I wasn't sure when his first saw his price initially, but Denny McCarthy, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm going on about this John Deere form. Yeah. Because um, obviously uh, McCarthy really should have been better than sixty. Um, one of the best putters on the tour, without question, over the past couple of years. Uh, his putting sort of fell apart on the on the final day. He was under pressure, so I'm unsure in that. But in terms of, of you know getting top eights or whatever you can, I think uh, the fault is is absolutely fair. Um, of his last, he's missed cut twice in his last five outings, but they're only 71, 73, and 70, 71. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Discussed the six of the John Deere before that. He's seventh at the U.S. Open, um, fifth at Memorial. Um, here he's got 15th night, 22nd, 36th. He's only got one round um, over 69, um, which is on his debut. Um, he's got 163, 465s, 266s. He can putt the lights out when he's right. Um, strokes game putting, 
over the last couple of months, 5775th, 7th. Um, lack of length doesn't matter here because it's all about accuracy. He's another one that's going to set him up. He won't putt as well as Poston, so he's going to be second. Um, hmm. I, I, I think he... I wasn't interested at 28, which was the first yeah. first show that we saw this morning. I thought that was a bit... Of, we discussed it, saying how could he be 28 and Poston 40. But he's give or take the same price as him now. And whilst I still think Poston should be 10 points shorter... Again, McCarthy fits the, the the type of player that wins here. Um, yeah, in my eyes, as we've always discussed it, we say it's um, as boring everybody the Webb Kevin Kisner type call. <laughs> McCarthy, McCarthy fits it. Yeah. So uh, he's I've only got three bets. He's the second one. Yep. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those ones where like he's another golfer that seems to have taken a little bit of a step forward. That we talk about Poston. Poston's obviously got the win to show that he's taken another step forward. Uh, Denny McCarthy hasn't, but you know it. He looks like he's coupling that good putter with some strong approaches now, as it always used to be all putter kind of uh, mm-hmm. centric. So I do think he's showing some more. And then there's a couple in this price range that caught my eye. One that you're going to talk about in a minute, Brad, so I'll leave that for mm-hmm. a sec. But there was uh, Adam Long, I thought was interesting um, at 60s. I just couldn't get there. He seems to be very popular at the moment. Doesn't seem to get over the line. Keith Mitchell uh, catches my eye every now and then, and I don't go there anymore. But he looks like he's going to do something at some point. And then. Um, Chris Gutterup and Cameron Champ were both at 66s and 80s that I thought were interesting enough, but didn't get to any of those, uh, Brad. So that brings me to Adam Svensson, who yeah. I've got written down uh, and just don't know whether I can do it or not. Yeah, yeah. I've backed back Svensson a lot this year. He's, he's a player I hold in high regard. I still has a lot to show. He's shown in glimpses this year. I mean, he's had top 10 finishes at the Honda, Sony Open, and more recently at the Barbasol. And he's also found some consistency in recent weeks, like only missing the cut once in his last nine starts of the PJ Tour. I was on him for that missed cut at the 3M Open. I think we spoke about him on here. Yeah. And he was quite a strong fancy as well. So I, that was a bit disappointing, but he bounced back well last week, though, with a tied 24th finish, a Rocket Mortgage. So he ranked 13th in ball striking, just couldn't get the flat stick going and uh, I think a change in surface like back to his favoured Bermuda might be all it takes if he can keep up that level of ball striking again isn't the longest hitters but this course definitely favours Axie which should suit his game he's played Sedgefield just once in the past back in 2019 in his rookie season yeah finished 31st and carded three rounds in three rounds in the 60s including a second round 61 which was his career lowest round I think he looks a great bet this week at 71. So I think this is all I was going to say was the 61 on the on the Friday caught my eye. And I seem to remember you liking him for the Honda because he shot the yeah. second round 64. He's had a few of them. He, he, has, he has a lot of, like, uh, in that rookie season in 2019, where we, we refer to a lot of his old form, Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, crazy rounds in there, which makes you sort of, you know, bite on the belief that he can... He's come on as a lot. He's won on the Corn Ferry Tour a few times now. I think two, two times. I think three times. On the Corn Ferry. Three times. Yeah, I think it's two or three times. And yeah, I he has been very consistent. I think it's been a great. Yeah, I know it's not his rookie year, but it's, he's he's come back on this tour and he, he looks well at ease. So I, I think. There's still a lot more to car. I think he could easily finish this year with a win. So in that rookie season, he had a 61 at this event and a 61 at the Sony, Sony Open. Open. That was it, yeah. the one. And then you look at the 3M Open that year, he shot a second round 64. 
and you look at the John Deere Classic, which we've been talking about all night, 65 in round two, finishes tied mm-hmm. 18. So you look at where he's finished well, free and open John Deere Classic all around this kind of time of year. Um, he showed that form in the Honda and then repeated that this year when he's been better. And, you know, I'm sure you're still having nightmares of, of what he did at the Honda Classic at, after oh, yeah, being there at the halfway <laughs> stage. But, like, it, it, does seem, it does seem to be, mate, that he can build on what he's done in the past. Like, it does seem mm. to channel good previous memories. Shot a 72 on the final day yesterday uh, to take him kind of outside the top 20. But yeah. it's just another one that, like, I think he can finish 10th. And... I think it's just four rounds. Can he do yeah. four rounds together? That's what I struggle with. Well, put this way, like, Ted Scott was trialling his bag before he went to Scotty Scheffler, and I think mm-hmm. he made the right move. But, like, it looks, yeah, yeah. it looks like, you know, he obviously held him in high regard. Um, it's an opinion of someone I trust. Mm. Um, and, you know, 66 to 1, eight places still available. It's, yeah, I think there is. there not 70s with Bet Fred? I'm not 70s, sure. Bet Fred, eight places. Yes, there is. It's just not yeah. in bold. So, yeah, 70 to 1, eight places with Bet Fred is still there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's all right. I think I think I might get there. Uh, mm-hmm. It just depends how I'm shaping up the rest of this card uh, at the yeah. moment. Um, so, now I've got. The Alex Smalley conundrum, which is not one that I love. Last week, I was really, really high on Alex Smalley because I just thought the way he's contended uh, in recent months, just having that kind of chances of being inside the top 10, top 2, top mm-hmm. 1, whatever, you know, being in contention at any point during the week has been really good for him. So I think he's had it. And then I think Pat Mayo has been saying that this is his home golf course. Now, I don't know that. I'm just going by what Pat said. Um, but he he was twenty he was 29th here last year, which would then yeah. make sense because I can't see any other reason why he'd have played here uh, last year unless he was mm-hmm. on like an invite or something like that. So if Sedgefield oh, yeah. is his home golf course, then um, that's obviously a massive positive. Well, he finished 29th. He had that start that John did, didn't he? A few, few starts before the uh, the Wyndham last yeah. year. So I don't know whether he Monday queued or not, but I don't know. I yeah. So when you look at the John Deere, so he was. 47th there, but he opened with two rounds of 67 to start there. Then he comes to the Wyndham and finishes 29th, where mm-hmm. he um, shot a 64 in round two and a 66 on the final day. So clearly capable of shooting low, but is his home course. You'd certainly expect that. But yeah. you just look at him, like second at the Crowleys, sixth for the Mexico Open, 21st at Canadian Open, where he was second after, second or third after 54 holes, um, 16th for the John Deere, something we love, 10th for the Scottish Open. Like, yes, he missed the cut last week, and I've I basically have had to kind of put that to the side. He misses cuts though. That's what he does, and then yeah. he'll come back. You're back. He's a, he's got great bounce back. He's I, one of them players. I think I like him, and I think I'm going to go with him again at eighty to one because it would really bother me if he was exactly the same price on a course yeah. that should really suit again. No, I like him a lot. He's his home course. I'm going there. So um, Alex Smalley at eighty to one. Uh, Jace, let's get your third and final pick before we go into any more. Yes, Alex Smalley. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. So you, you tell us why Alex Smalley will be there. No, it's, it's, you, yeah, you've, you've covered <laughs> most of them, yeah. Obviously, um, you know, those that don't know, he was one of Duke's like greatest ever yeah. um, college players. Um, played in the Walker Cup, three and one in the Walker Cup, and they won at Paul Liverpool. Um, and you've covered the rest, really. I mean, when you look at what he's been doing, um, you've covered the second at Corrales, he was second at halfway at Mexico. Um, as you rightly say, third going into the Sunday at uh, Canada, which was a far better tournament. Um, can't read that one. Um, and he was eighth. At, he was eighth at halfway here, which uh, then allowed him 
to go to the Corn Ferry finals. And then obviously he was fourth before that to get his card. Um, I, I, he caught my eye looking at the Tita Green stats, to be honest with yeah. you. Secondly, 11th, 6th, 26th, 8th, 17th is impressive. Uh, Green's in reg, you know, consistently in the top 10. Uh, when he's right, as you rightly say, he's back on a on a track that, um, you know, he knows really well. Yeah, I, I thought I was looking for somebody around that type of mark, and um, yeah, he'll do. Yeah, I think I think that probably that one that you probably couldn't read maybe would be the fact that he was sick for the 54 hole stage at the Scottish it was. Open. That's exactly um, what I've written. Good. Yes, mate. I, I hope that's what you wrote. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, what I wrote, yeah. That's good. So I think I think the fact that you look at the fact that he was second at the halfway stage in Mexico where John Rahm wins, he was. Second at the 36 hole and third at the 54 hole stage in the Canadian Open that Rory wins and JT and Finau contending. Then he, you know, plays well at the Scottish Open where everybody was. It's just really, really good experiences that I think went under the radar. Uh, and still, Brad, we spoke about him last week. Um, yeah. That maybe the course wasn't right for him because it was a putting contest. No. And it panned out that way. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and I've just found out that he is a member. He's been a member at this course since. Uh, I think 2020. Excellent. And I've just read an article now, and uh, I think he said this is this this article come out in 2021. Yeah. Um, and it says he's played as many as 70 over 75 rounds of golf since he's become a member. So yeah, he seems to play there a lot, and so that can only help. So there's a there's a lot to like about Smalling <laughs> so this week. It's good. And then when you look at his uh, tee to green stats last week, he was 139th on day one. He lost over three strokes. Day two, over two strokes gained, 25th uh, in the field for Tees Green. So, like you said earlier, Brad, like just seems to have that kind of bounce-back ability about him. Yeah. Uh, I love that phrase that was coined by Soccer AM all those years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then, same in approaches, 138th on day one, 12th on day two. So, just just looks like he was really ready to come back, just didn't quite get out of locks on day one. 80-1, uh, to one, Alex Smalley. Uh, I'm going to have my heart broken again, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to come on to Taylor Moore. So he was sixth last week and he was 24th at the John Deere, which obviously, you know, I'm not going to mention that again. Uh, he was seventh after 36 holes at John Deere. And I think if he finds himself in that sort of similar situation, I think this is a course that maybe lends itself to being able to take a step forward this time around. Uh, 15th and third in approach the last two, 30th and sixth, tee to green. Uh, lots to like about Taylor Moore, but sort of on the same lines of Alex Smalley. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of maybe gone a little bit uh, under the radar, I think Taylor Moore was one of those that maybe had a health scare. Was it was it Taylor Moore, Brad? Had that had the, oh yeah, go on, Jason. Yeah, he, yeah, had, collapsed, he had a collapsed lung. That was it. Uh, so yeah. it was Taylor Moore. The only way, the only reason not to tell you that is because he's another one of the ten followers <laughs> of Christmas 2022. Did we talk um, about this before before the Sunday on a podcast? I think we did a sort of ones to follow, and I think we kind of looked at the fact he had that collapsed lung, um, yeah. and that was all that kind of held him back. And I really like those kind of stories that. Obviously, you don't want to hear anyone say a collapsed lung, but like he had it no, and then had it again a week later, um, just really, really bad. And that seems to be the only thing that ever stood in his way. And his form kind of suggests that of late. So I do like Taylor Moore. I think the fact that he played well at John Deere uh, recently counts. I think the fact that he's played well at 3M last week is obviously a bonus as well. So looking yeah, at his kind of finishes, the RSM, I don't think is a, a terrible crossover either. And that was eighth uh, there at the start at the end of last year as well, and that's coming off of when he was playing really well on the Corn Ferry. So you look at his best finishes, sixth on the Corn Ferry, uh, sixth for the Rocket Mortgage and eighth for the RSM, are the two best finishes, and I like both of those for this. Yeah, he's had a third place at the Rex Hospital Open as well, North Carolina. Uh, 
What more? Uh, what more do you need? I mean, there is. It's there. Taylor Moore is in. So Taylor Moore and Alex Smalley are going to be the guys that kind of break my heart this week. And then <laughs> I've kind of just got a plethora of players. And one of those, Brad, that I was going to talk about was Hayden Buckley. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you could be a little bit more articulate of what you were going to say because apparently I can't mm-hmm. regulate the the speed of my voice tonight. Um, so I'm going to let you talk about Hayden Buckley while I catch my breath. Okay, mate. Yeah, so I think Hayden Buckley, 150 to one, are still available with yep. Fred. Uh, eight places, bloody huge price on him this week. He's another player with bags of potential. Started the season really strong with that tied fourth finish at Sanson Farms, and then he was what was it tied at eighth at the Shriners, and then then his season sort of faded a little. Uh, a couple of top 15 finishes since then, and a lot of missed cuts, and then came that out of the blue performance at the US Open where he finished tied 14th, and it sort of sparked his season to life again. He hasn't missed a kit cut since then, and in his last two events, finished tied 26th and tied 24th, and his ball striking, which has always been his biggest strength, that's his bread and butter, that returned to his best last week, where he ranked third in the field and 68th in putting, which is classic. <laughs> and similar to Svensson, hoping a change in surface to Bermuda Greens might do his part in the world of good. His lone win on the Corn Ferry Tour came on Bermuda in Florida. So if he keeps up that level of ball striking, which we know he's capable of doing, I think he's a cracking value as a long shot this week. Yeah, it's one of those ones with Hayden Buckley. Like I was looking around this because I had those kind of definites locked in sub 100 to one i wanted to find someone that's a bit of a long shot not again we've kind of advocated on this podcast recently to not go for long shots just for the sake of it but i do think the Wyndham allows some uh, and i thought yeah. that last week at the rocket mortgage and it was won by tony Finau 16 to one so uh i have to be careful with that but like mm-hmm. to me like buckley is there like i just i think back to like at the start of the season like who was the one that everyone really wanted to be on and it was hayden buckley like he was he'd come yeah. off a second seventh fourth fourth um you know, at the start of the season, then goes eighth at the Shriners, twelfth at the Sony, and everyone just everyone kept trying to chase oh, that Hayden Buckley. He strength. was like 30, 30 to one, so yeah. something even shorter than other. He was, he was ridiculous. He was untakeable. Yeah, and then you get to John Deere, and that comes after that fourteenth at the U.S. Open, finishes the John Deere thirtieth, but he shot sixty six and sixty seven that week, uh, which is you know we want to see that. 24th last week, uh, as you alluded to earlier. Mm. Uh, again, strong week after opening with a 72, which you just can't do on that golf course if you're going to contend. No. Like, that's just all that happened. And he's done exactly the same at the 3M Open, both rounds 72. So don't back him as first-round leader, probably, although he'll probably shoot a 62 this week. Um, <laughs> but it seems to be that he, he kind of got off to a slow start. Did he open really fast at the US Open, though? I think he did. I, think, I can't I, remember. Yeah, he shot a 68 on round one at the US Open. So... He shot 68-68 on the opening two rounds. There. He must have been close to the lead at that point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about Hayden Buckley. Yeah, um, I really like him this week. And I, I think he's one to look at. So, the other two that I kind of looked at were uh, Tyler Duncan, who I just don't know. I can't shake him because I keep just pitching him as Webb Simpson, but, like, not as good. Um, and he's twice been ninth after 54 holes here uh, with the best finish of 13th. He's been 12th and 28th for the Heritage. Um, seems to be a crossover between the RSM and the Wyndham and he's won the RSM just mm-hmm. I mean I guess it's just that that he plays those courses well because he's never going to stand out off the tee because he's just not that type of golfer but he can just get hot um, apart from the withdrawal at the John Deere he's gone 46th, 13th, 45th, 44th nothing special but 12th at the Heritage 15th at the Charles Schwab 25th at the Valspar like there's been some really really solid results and yeah no, it's his type of course. I mean, he's, he's an accurate player. And again, like last week, his 
his ball striking was really good. I think he was he was in the top twenty in ball striking, if I remember rightly. And uh, he just just had a really bad putting week. So again, I like taking players like that. And as you said, this is of course much more suited to his ability. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just think again, it's just one of those ones I don't quite believe in. I'd probably rather go with Hayden Buckley. I think there's probably more yeah. uh, winning upside. But I just he was one that was worth mentioning. And the other one. Um, which I don't know what he's going to do here, but David Lipsky just always seems to be someone I want to take. Like, can have really streaky ball striking. Uh, we know what he can do on the on the DP World Tour level, but he was 24th at the John Deere, which correlates nicely to this. And again, he just keeps having those kind of sneaky performances at this level uh, that makes me believe that he can probably forge himself a career out here. Like 37th last week, 24th at the John Deere, 37th at Memorial, 25th Byron Nelson, 6th at Mexico, 7th Corrales. Like. 14th Amex, 24th Pebble, but he's just doing enough to kind of... It's basically treading water, right? There's nothing, there's nothing too much to it, but you look at his wins. He's won at Crans. He's won in South Africa. Um, he won TBC San Antonio on a corn ferry in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won on the Asian Tour in Cambodia back in 12, uh, 2012, probably when he just came out of um, college. So, you know, he's, he's got some really strong form, and it, it seems to be that he doesn't have a type of golf course, which... You know, as you said mm-hmm. earlier, like when you can't figure out a player, it's hard to uh, mm-hmm. hard to stick to. No, I've always found him a tough one to figure out. Lipsky, but I think he's a very good competitor, and he'll just show up anywhere. You know. Yeah, that's what I like about him. I think like the price just seems to be decent for someone that yeah. has been hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, can obviously play when he's shown at the John Deere. Can play this type of golf course. So, uh, you know, when you price him with, I know Rory Sabatini's got a decent record here, but. You know, it's Rory Sabatini. Uh, you price him in the same place as that, um, same place as Garnett, the same place as... All, they're all those type of people that can just flash, like Malnati, Hahn, Her. You know, it yeah. just seems to be that, like, you, you never know what to do with them. They just chuck them in at 150, 200 to one. And... Well, there's going to be some random people showing up this week as well with, with everything that's at stake, you know. It always yeah. is how it goes. It, did um, you... Did you put any stock, Brad, and I'll come to you, Jason, as well? Did you put any stock into the top one, two, three? Do you know what? I, did sometimes, I looked at it. I was, I was looking at Buckley mainly. I didn't let it... Re- I sort of done my short list and then sort of checked on the people that I sort of wrote down and where yeah. they are and if it's any incentive. But then I don't let it really... I think it's too hard to predict and you get a bit too emotional. And I, I didn't let it really... Um, didn't take it into account this week. I did, the only one I really looked at was Buckley and I saw that he's safe and sound really so um yeah that was it really yeah so it's, it's a tough one i think it is really hard to, to know where to go but just for the context i mean uh in you know just outside the top 125 at the moment max mcgreevy is one two six or he's one two five now projected to be one two six uh so this is the projected rankings danny willett one two seven justin lauer one two eight nick hardy one two nine cameron champ one thirty um so I would say Cameron Champ, if he has that kind of motivation, uh, would be someone I would look at. He was someone I was looking mm-hmm. at anyway. Um, and then you just got a bunch of guys that are going to find it hard, I think, to, to make it. But um, I'm pretty sure, like, when I was talking about Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson's projected to be 117th. Now, it's going to get him into the St. Jude, but not going to get him any further. So he does need mm-hmm. this week, really. Um, does, yeah. I know he can play well at St. Jude, but it's going to be coming up for confidence. And I'm pretty sure he's one of those that is generally at the Tour Championship most of the time. So, um, going to be a big factor. And, you know, there's loads of players, really. Um, but I think it speaks volumes about these kind of players that we've been speaking about, that, like where they are on the Phoenix. And 
I don't really ever use it as a barometer, um, but it's interesting. No. Like Alex Smalley is 63rd. Um, well, he's actually 60th, projected to be 63rd. Like, where's, where's Svensson? That's Adam Svensson is... I'm going to keep scrolling up because I reckon he's higher than that. Maybe not. So, Adam Svensson. It could be my eyes. Uh, 84th he is at the moment. So, that's what, so he's 88th at the moment, projected to be 84th this week. So, mm-hmm. he needs a top week to get into that kind of top 70. So, you know, you've got Wyndham Clark outside the top 70, Adam Long outside the top 70, Taylor Moore 76. So, mm-hmm. you know, top guys that just want to get into that second week of the FedEx Cup. So... Nothing that I've really factored in too much. I think the course, Wyndham is one of those courses, Jace, where course form counts, course suitability counts. Like, I don't think you need to factor in anything else, but was it something you thought about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm. I mean, you, look, I'm not going to say the same thing again. Like we, we enter this event, and I think exactly the same every year. Mm. So whilst the likes of Chris Gutterup have got massive potential, I wouldn't, couldn't even touch him mm. around here. Um, you know, you've got to wait for the right track, and the right track is this track for JT Poston. Yeah, there you go. So, um, the PGA Tour is currently hosting uh, a Spaces on Twitter with Alex Smalley doing Wyndham Championship preview. So, that's everything you need to know. Uh, Alex Smalley is going uh, to win that, yeah. the Wyndham Championship. So, live update. It's not live to you because you're not going to hear it for another hour, but he uh, he is uh, currently on Twitter. So, um that just about sums it up for me, unless we ramble any more. Uh, any more names that anyone wants to sort of shout out? No, that's it from me, mate. Anything for you, Jase? No. No, cool. So let's summarise our picks then. I'll go first back at the... Oh, I just... Oh, 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 no, I'll wait oh. for you to do the picks. <laughs> no, go on. I'll wait for you to do the picks. Okay, I'll do the picks first. So um, we're into the Kazoo Open. Uh, Eddie Pepperell, 33-1. to 1. Jens Dantort, 40-1. to 1. Connor Seam, 50-1. to 1. Chase Hannah eighty to one, Jesper Svensson five hundred to one, um, and then over at the Wyndham, I've got Siwoo Kim. Um, who else did I take in the Wyndham? God, this is a, a short memory. Harold Varner at forty to one. Um, I can't decide what to do with JT Poston, but I probably will do it just because I feel like a bit of a lemon if I don't. Uh, Alex Smalley at eighties, Taylor Moore at hundreds, um, and that's probably me done. Those other two I kind of mentioned can do something else. Uh, Brad, your picks for those two events. A kazoo open. I've gone Matty Schmidt. I think 40 to 1 is the best you can get about him now. Um, and I've gone Georgianson at 66 to 1. I think Sky Bet that's still there. And I've got Daniel Hillier. I think 100 to 1. Bet 365. Extra X. Each way extra. Sorry, eight places. Mm-hmm. It's the best price there. And then Wyndham. I've got Christian Bezidenhout at 50 to 1 with Paddy Power. I believe that's still there. And then I've got Svensson. And Svensson at 70 to 1. And I think that that's with Bet Fred. You can get that with eight places. And then I've gone Hayden Buckley, 151. Also, Bet Fred, eight places. Good. Like that. And Jace, your picks in the uh, two events? I think you have to go with Callum Shinkwin, although it's I can understand why you wouldn't. Yep. Uh, whether you bet him on Betfair and get out, um, I don't know. Uh, Richard Mansell at 45-ish. Uh, Marcus Hillikelder at 60-ish. Hayden Portius at 100 and uh, top 20 on Christopher Broberg, who only needs to only lose seven shots on a green <laughs> turn in the top 20. Um, and over on the um, JT Poston, Wyndham, um, I've gone for JT Poston, um, with uh, uh, Denny McCarthy to be second and Alex Smalley to be third. See, so it's not quite a, a one and done like Max Homer, but you are very strong about the JT Poston call. 
Uh, I, I'm not going one and done because the Yali last week, that's the only reason yeah, yeah. I would <laughs> Yeah, I would do. I'd be quite happy to one and done. Yeah. Um, what was what was your other um, other point you wanted to make, Jace? Oh, Aldi's duck and pancakes is amazing. Five ninety nine, best it's good you've ever spent. <laughs> I'm so, no, no, bookmaker, no bookmaker's tax either. I'm so, I'm so glad that you let me get my picks in before you mentioned that. Yeah, I, um, like oh. I, I do not eat duck and pancakes, which won't come as a shock to anybody no, uh, shock. listening to the yeah. podcast or you two. Uh, I did try it once. Uh, just don't like the... Uh, I don't like the sauce. Flavour. I don't like the hoisin sauce. I don't, I don't Tom, like that. Tom just doesn't like the fact that it's got flavour, Brad. <laughs> do you not think the texture is a bit weird? Like, yeah, I mean, I think the texture is a bit weird as well. It's it's honestly, money. Brad, if you have honestly six quid, mate, it's an absolute steal. Right, take your word for it. What was instead, it? Of, instead of having anybody who's having like a pony each way on saying, just have twenty-two and go and buy this. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, there was something I was watching the other day. Uh, Succession. I don't know if either of you have watched that program before. Uh, and the, there's a scene in it where someone is eating, and it, it's, it is actually a, a legitimate delicacy, but it's like a whole bird. And I don't know what whole bird it is, but you eat the actual head as well. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure what it is. It's uh, extreme. It, it, I mean, it looks horrible. Uh, but they, you put a towel over your head uh, because of the shame of eating it, basically. Um, yeah. Ortolan, it's called. So anyone that... Anyone that eats Ortolan out there, um, I mean, look, I might be at the other end of the scale, uh, but you're just wrong. Uh, they're, they're so... is, um, can you get that on Deliveroo? Probably. It's a songbird, I think it is, technically. Uh, a songbird that people eat. So, yeah, just type in uh, songbird eating, um, okay. and, and you can eat yourself uh, a full-on bird. I thought it would be something that you might have had on a, on a fancy uh, night out, Jace. Uh, but, uh, it's no, a... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a cannibal. I just like food. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a French cuisine, so I just thought it might have been up your street. Um, but yeah, if if you haven't watched, does it come with a full and ice cream? <laughs> probably, it's probably one of those ones they cover up. But you actually see the head, uh, which is just not not for me. Um, but anyway, apart from the songbird eating thing, Succession is actually a very good program. So I'd highly recommend uh, either of you watching that and anyone else out there listening. I'm sure it's not got missed. Uh, it's it's kind of like an Emmy award winning. Uh, TV program that I'm very late to so um, yes Succession is very very good it's got Macaulay Culkin's brother in it who's actually probably the best person in it so um, there we go Succession watch that Um, any other order of business Uh, I'll come to you Jace because you're the one that has these random little thoughts like the 599 duck from Audi no obviously you've got the women's open Mm. um, you know um, Mm -hmm. which uh, after last week's may well you know again end up to be in the best tournament over the weekend, providing... Um... Oh, it's next week, isn't it? Is it next week? What's that? Women's Open. No, it's this no, week. No, it's this week. Yeah, it's this it's week. It's this week, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've, you've got that this week, as I say, which will be the best tournament once JT Post is 12 clear overnight. And then you can just watch this. Oh. That's going to be... That's going to be... I'm good. absolutely loving women's golf, actually. I'm enjoying it as much as watching men's golf at the moment. It it's, is, yeah. It's absolutely. just incredible. Uh, you've got that, and also you've got Luke Donald being Ryder Cup dude. Um, and Henrik buggering off and winning that crappy tournament after getting sacked. But apart from that, it's all about the Aldi's duck and the women's open. Yeah. JT Poston. I mean, the uh, the the Luke Donald thing was probably the least surprising news I've ever heard. Um, I thought he was probably in yeah. contention to get it anyway. Really the first time. Really. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably 
maybe should have got it the first time anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I, I certainly thought he was the one. I mean, he's basically, I think he's 4-0 and as a, as a player, uh, Luke Donald. He's very underrated uh, Ryder Cup crew in the first place. Um, so definitely someone to, I guess, rally the troops. I, I don't know whether he's maybe a bit more in touch with the rest of the team than, than Henrik Stenson would be. Uh, certainly is now. My concern with that is I don't think he's going to have any players to choose from. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's, they're talking about he's going to have more picks now than, than Henrik Stenson was going to have. But, uh, I mean, if he's not allowed to pick from that other place, then, uh, you know, the backbone of the team is gone. So um, that's going to be a very interesting Ryder Cup. I mean, that prediction that, um, who was it, um, Alan Shipnuck made where we were going to lose basically every Ryder Cup for the next 10 years. Um, we obviously got that one win, which we all rubbed back in his face in France. But mm. I think that might be it. Um, I, th- I think we're stuffed for a little while now. So. Yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah. Um, Although I do think the Scandies are producing some incredible golfers. Like they, they the really moment. are. But like, I don't know whether they're gonna. They just need to. I think they just need to take that step to the PGA Tour that little bit sooner. You know, a bit like Hovland did, and now he's. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I do have firm belief that most of our Ryder Cup team in the next like five or six years is going to be made up of Danes and Swedes. <laughs> well, I just I, really... I remember the outrage when I put out a way too early prediction of a Ryder Cup that I didn't put the Hoygaard twins in it, but um, I didn't put either of them in it at the time. Um, but they've fallen off a bit, haven't they? I mean, yeah, Rasmus yeah. has been around a little bit longer, um, but I, I I just don't like. There's just no certainties. Like I think you know I see the likes of. Schmid or Jorgensen um, or whatever. Vincent Norman is going to be a huge player, I yeah. think, for us. I think, but still, he has to get. He's going to. He'll get. Um. He's got. Looks like he might get his card to the PGA Tour from the Corn Ferry Tour this year. So high hopes for him. Um. But still, yeah, it's like it's a, it's so early that you're just. He's thinking of players from the future. But that's. The future, but that's. Hard. I think. I think. You know, this is going to be ten minutes on this. So I'm not going to do any more. Um. I think the concern with the Ryder Cup is that, like, listen to those names that we're trying to put into the team next year. Like, we're talking about Vincent Norman, we're talking about Matthew Schmid, um, hopefully getting themselves in. And you think, but we've got Rory, John Rahm, Hovland, Fitzpatrick, uh, Fleetwood, Hatton. Like, they're just, they're not, they're not at that level. Um, no. Then there was, like, Thomas Peters who oh, was going to yeah, chuck I'm more thinking um, bigger picture. Like, I mean, like, 10 years yeah of like course for the next 10 years sort of i'm thing. just i'm just concerned that like immediately we've got we've got no one that like, we were probably still trying to milk out a paul casey sergio garcia mm-hmm. um for another year and they're now both off the cards like i think, I think it's quite nice that there's going to be some fresh blood i know because you always feel like they're a wild card choice but at the same time you always think this is important to have some experience but i think it's quite nice that we're going to have some young blood in the team but you know, uh, like, new blood even, not just young. It could be anyone. Yeah, you know, like my concern is like we've lost half of our last Ryder Cup team, and mm-hmm. they've like they're going to lose Bryson and DJ Brooks, I suppose. Yeah. Like, and you can bring you can replace them with oh, whoever you like. All, anyway, what they're, was they're all queuing up? Yeah. Zalatoris, Cameron Young, Horschel was playing well. Homer, um, you know, it's just. Yeah, it it, it, it doesn't read great. Um, you know, you look at our last team. Um, we had 
Bernd Wiesberger, no longer available. Paul Casey, no longer available. Lee Westwood, no longer available. Shane, uh, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, no longer available. Mm-hmm. So that's one, two, three, four, five of the, what is it, the 12-man team. It's tough. It's good, but, you know, it's opportunities. Uh, I mean, three, of, three of those probably shouldn't be in the next one anyway, like Poulter, Westwood, yeah. Sergio. If you're, if you're relying on them anyway, we were probably in a bad state as it was. But, like, the others, I mean, I don't know. Tough. I mean, we, anything could change between now and then anyway on, on eligibility and things like that. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just a, a little word of concern for the, the Ryder Cup. It's nice to see Luke Donald get it, but uh, I don't think he's going to yeah. have much to work with next year is my concern. Um, I think that just about wraps it up. I don't want to go too much further. Um, keep an eye on that Women's Open. There's obviously been some really good um, events recently for the Women's Golf and Ayaka Faru. Is that how you say it? That is yeah, how yeah. I'm going to say it. Um, it's, it's not, but that's actually you're, how you're, all the yeah. English will say it. It's like Rua or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's not easy. So, but, yeah, just say Faru. Oh, yeah, like a Faruwi. It's probably better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's 50-1 to 1 on Unibet currently, uh, which mm, is double the, price. double the price of what she is elsewhere. So, um, maybe just... And there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, good talent coming over from the JLPGA. Um, so that's where like Sasso came and won the US Women's Open at uh, 300 to 1. So I don't, there's like the Yamashita, Katsu, they're all names to look out for this week who have been impressive. The one that seems on. to be standing out to me, just I'll have a little, quick look on the uh, tour tips form, is Yuna Nishimura, uh, who's yeah. got a two wins, a second and a 15th. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, 15th coming on the European Tour. So um, yeah. Looks, looks good. Maybe that's one to delve into and maybe tweet out some mm-hmm. picks or whatever. But Brad will have those up on his Patreon anyway. Uh, yeah. Jason and I will probably just put out them on Twitter or whatever if we're going to do it. Um, that's it, folks. That's everything. Um, anything else would just be rambling. This is probably considered rambling anyway. Um, but yes, that is the end of this week and uh, look forward to next week. Mm-hmm.